this past week was Halloween. Um, And I don't know if you celebrate that or or what you do, if you dress up, if you give out candy, if you have some kind of party or gathering. As a kid, I used to dress up and and go trick-or-treating and get candy and that sort of thing. And over the past few years, Caitlin and I have usually made it into a night of just kind of fun snacks at home. We always get candy, but it seems like no kids ever come. And I don't know what that's about. Um, But... So whether or not you celebrate this, I realize that the church has often had a complicated relationship with Halloween. And that's understandable because a lot of creepy things have creeped into Halloween. Uh, But originally, Halloween was actually a holiday celebrated by Christians. And so a little uh, history lesson, it gets its name from All Hallows' Eve, which was shortened to Hallow's Eve or Halloween. And that's in reference to All Hallow's Day, or as it's better known, All Saints' Day, which is November 1st every year. And that is a day set aside to remember the saints who've gone before us. That was its original meaning. But over time, the focus shifted from remembering the saints to then it began focusing on their death, And then it moved to focusing on graveyards and ghosts, and then scary monsters, and finally just scary things in general. You see the progression. And so now we have our modern-day Halloween. But it really shouldn't be a day of spooky, scary fear. It's actually intended to be a day of remembering the saints who've gone before us. Yes, lamenting their death, But more than that, celebrating their life and ultimately celebrating the reality that death doesn't have the final say. That's what our faith proclaims. And so what was originally a day to remember the saints and proclaim the reality of the resurrection has now morphed into this sort of spooky, scary day that's primarily about death. We've forgotten its original meaning and how much we absolutely need to remember it. So all of this is is really precisely what we've been talking about over the last month or so. Remembering and lament and in celebration. And that is what All Saints Day is about, what Halloween ultimately ought to be about. And so that's what I want to invite us to all reflect on a bit together this morning. Who are the saints who have gone before us? Who specifically are the saints who have gone before you? As we've been talking a lot about memory and remembering, there's really a couple very different kinds of memory. So I want to just do a little little game here real quick. Uh, One kind of memory is something we often call trivia. So what is two times two? Four. You just know that. You didn't have to multiply that or think that out. You just know that. Um, you know, what, what is four times two? Eight. You just know that. Like, these are things that, that you memorized way back when. You, you learned your multiplication tables, so on and so forth. What year was the Declaration of Independence signed? 1776. Some people maybe are, trying, you know, scratching their, their heads a little bit. But that's usually something we just know because we've memorized it. Uh, what's, what's the capital of our state? Olympia, you just know that. Okay, these are things that we just know. Now, a different kind of memory. Describe what 
Christmas was like growing up? Or who was your favorite teacher in high school? Now, these are things that you can remember, but you have to pause and think about them because it's a different kind of memory. This isn't a memory that you've just memorized. This is a memory that actually reaches back to who you are, that has to do with people and life. And this is what it's like to remember the saints, to actually go back and remember the lives that have touched our own. So that's the kind of remembering that I want to do together this morning. So if you're there, 2 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to read a chunk from verse 3 down to 14. Uh, So beginning in verse 3, Paul writes to Timothy, I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason, I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me, and the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you for what your word calls the great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. God, as we dig into this text, I pray that you would sharpen our minds and soften our hearts, that we would know you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so as usual, we're going to just kind of dig through this text a little bit. So I'm going to jump back up to the beginning of what I just read and reread a couple verses and share a little bit. So verse 3 again, I am grateful to God whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. And then down in verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice 
and now I am sure lives in you. So Paul here is writing to Timothy to encourage him in ministry and in faith. And I think what we see here is, is well, Paul pauses to remember his own ancestors and then also reminds Timothy of his. And, and what we learn from this in our life with God, I think we can find an immensity of encouragement by remembering the saints who have gone before us. I often find myself pausing to reflect back on mentors, on dear friends who have helped me grow in my faith. It gives me strength when I'm struggling and I feel alone. I found myself even just in that song that we sang, going back and remembering some of those formative years of my life. And so I wonder, who have those people been for you? Who are the saints that have poured into your life, that have gone before you? And, you know, maybe mentors or friends, but in addition to that, it's a powerful thing to reflect back on our own families. And I think this is something that sometimes we can kind of just take for granted. But Paul here reminds Timothy of who? His mother and his grandmother. So I want to say a couple things about this. First, we all have different faith stories. We all come from different places. Some of the church communities that I have been a part of in the past put this huge emphasis on sharing testimonies, which usually means a fairly dramatic story of conversion. And then sometimes it, it felt like a competition. Whoever had the most dramatic conversion story uh, sort of pictured God's grace the most. And so you would have one guy talking about, oh, yeah, you know, I used to, to lust, but Jesus. And another guy was like, oh, well, I had an addiction, but Jesus. And someone else was like, you know, well, you know, I used to murder people, but Jesus. You know, you just won one-upsmanship on this testimony thing. And those of us who simply grew up in Christian families, going to church, kind of just felt left out. You know, what story do I have? That was me. But I want to say that having a family filled with faith, being a part of a church community, is a beautiful testimony. It's a picture of God's faithfulness from one generation to the next. This is the kind of stuff we've been talking about. So if that's your story, it is no less a story of God's grace. And for those who don't come from Christian backgrounds, as, as you pause to consider who are the, the saints who've gone before me, maybe you kind of feel like you're, you're drawing short there. Uh, you don't have any less a heritage of faith. There are all the saints of history, all the people who have touched you are those who have gone before you. And so this is one thing that we see in this passage, the, the power of faith from generation to generation. The other thing I want to point out about this is the absolute importance of women in our faith. And I think the church has struggled along with the rest of society to give women the voice they ought to have. And that's not even past tense. Many churches still do not give women a voice in the things of faith, but that is not the case in what we just read. When Paul seeks to encourage Timothy in his faith, 
He didn't begin with his own influence. He didn't even begin with the influence of the men in the congregation, but rather began with Timothy's mother and his grandmother. So yes, Paul was a mentor to Timothy. He even refers to Timothy as his son in the faith. But before there was Paul, there was Lois and Eunice. And they are the ones who poured into Timothy. And they shaped his faith. And so I want to encourage us as a church to continue being a place that values and encourages the voices and the influence of the women among us. And as one of the men amidst this congregation, I want to say, we need you. We really do need you to be a voice and to teach us. We have so much to learn from all of you. Just like Timothy had so much to learn from Lois and from Eunice. I have learned so much from the women in my own life. I I think about my own mom. And she taught me the importance of studying scripture because she was always someone who knew scripture well. I learned a lot from my stepmom as well. She's taught me the importance of compassionate service because I've seen her time and time again right on the front lines of tragedy whenever it struck various friends and strangers. I've learned a lot about prayer and intercession from my grandmother who, when she was alive, would wake up every morning and pray for each of her children and grandchildren by name. She had this incredible power to always know where every single one of us was. We couldn't keep track of each other, but if you called grandma, she knew. And then there's Caitlin, who I learn from every day. I'm signing up to learn from her for the rest of my life, and I've got a lot to learn. So Paul had his ancestors. Timothy had his mother, Eunice, his grandmother, Lois, So I want to ask you again, who are your spiritual ancestors? Who are the saints who have gone before you? Whose lives live on in you? Maybe there are some names, some faces, some of those very specific kinds of memories that are beginning to come to the surface. This is what Paul encourages in Timothy. But then Paul goes from this close-up encouragement of faith, and then he zooms out to this massive, broad sweep of faith. If you look down in verse 9, Paul begins to write, God saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it's now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And so we have this this move from the very specific to this, this very big picture of God's story. And so as we talk about remembering the saints, I think we have something to see here. And and one of the things that I see in this big picture of God's story is that the reason we can even remember and celebrate the saints who've gone before us is because death does not have the last word. 
I already said this, but I'm saying it again. The reason remembering those who've died is not a hopeless act of nihilism or a cheap act of sentimentalism is because of the resurrection of Jesus. Because Jesus has, as it says, abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's why we're able to remember those who've gone before us and why it's not just hopeless. We often think individualistically about our faith, and we worry that if we focus too much on church history or even too much on our own history that we're beginning to leave God out. But God is the God of history. And as we remember the saints who've gone before us, it is actually a testament to the reality and the power of the resurrection. It reminds us of the resurrection and it points us to God's faithfulness from generation to generation as a sign of the grace that was given to us before the ages began. Because long before us, God's grace was in action. And long after us, God's grace will continue to be in action. And so as we remember the saints who have gone before us, we begin to reflect on that bigger story of God's grace began before our lifetime and will continue on and on. It shows us that we're not front and center in this story, but neither are we insignificant. We are part of the story of God's grace, part of the story of God redeeming the world. God began this story in the saints who have gone before us, and he is continuing it in us and through us. And that's where Paul ends up going at the end of this text we're looking at today. If you look down at the end in verse 14, Paul encourages Timothy, guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Paul calls us to guard the treasure of faith that has been entrusted to us. And I think one of the ways we do that is by remembering the one who's entrusted it to us, but also the many ones who have given us these little treasures of faith along the way. Because yes, it is from God, as it says, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. And yet, it has come from God through those who've gone before us. We receive the grace of God imparted down through the ages. And so we guard the good treasure of faith by keeping the memory of the saints alive. I think that every time we gather and share stories about parents and grandparents, about mentors and friends, about all the saints who've gone before in, in the history of the church, that we are guarding the treasure together that has been entrusted to us in faith. And I believe that in those stories, the Holy Spirit hovers among us as we recount them and remind one another of them. And ultimately, that's what Paul goes on to say that the treasure is guarded with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. 
And something struck me as I was reading this this week. I think there's a, there's a passage in Romans chapter 8 that maybe you're familiar with where it says the spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is the spirit that lives in you. And that's true. But also, this is the same spirit who's dwelt in all the saints who've gone before us. The same spirit who hovered over the waters in the beginning. The same spirit who led the Israelites through, the, through Egypt, out of Egypt, through the wilderness, the same spirit who rose Jesus from the dead and the same spirit who dwelt in your parents and grandparents and each of the saints who's gone before you. That is the same spirit who dwells in you and who is redeeming you. As I've heard it said, the Holy Spirit has a history. And so we guard this treasure, not by locking it up, keeping it tight and safe, but rather by giving it away. That's how we guard it, by remembering the saints, by telling their stories, and by passing that treasure on to remember and to guard. And so I'll ask once more, who are those saints who've gone before you Who are the ones who have poured into you and touched your life? And also, who are the ones who you are called to pass this treasure on to? Because you too are a saint. And what you give will be remembered. So who is God calling you to pass this treasure on to? So we finally come to the close of this whole series about remembering. We've gone from remembering the stones that we still have up here to remembering the saints. And I think we found that we are constantly surrounded by reminders of God every day. We remember amidst celebration. We remember in lament. We remember in communion at the table. And we also remember by recalling our own spiritual histories. With faith, we look back and remember the past. With hope, we look forward and remember the future. We are constantly surrounded by these daily reminders of God. And even though we are so prone to forget, we gather together again week after week, to sing songs, to read the scriptures, and to break bread at the table. And this is something that we do in remembrance of him until he comes again. So several weeks ago, I started this series by reading a poem about remembering. I want to close it the same way. Listen to these words once more. Hear a blessing by Jan Richardson. She writes, Some other day, perhaps, I could draw you a map of this place. I could show you the stand of trees that has always seemed to me haunted by those whose arrowheads still surface now and again by the lake. I could show you the spot where eagles keep their nest, the silo where my grandfather and his siblings carved their names into the new concrete, the place where I stood the night the old depot burned. But I think that today is a day for remembering.
how all our history comes down to our hands, how we carry the lines that our ancestors pressed into our palms, a geography of the generations inscribed on us like a map. And so let it be that before we leave this place, this day, we lay our hands, the cartography ever etched into our skin upon this ancient terrain in gratitude and in praise. And then, rising, turn them skyward, a blessing, a benediction, a prayer that the wind will carry far and far from here. Amen.